Hey guys, thanks for uh, clicking in on this video, especially. Um, we're here with Michael Seeley, he's an LMFT, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, he provides online counseling for men, uh, specializing in athletes. So um, I know in, in when I'm looking for services as far as whether it's mental health or my physical stuff, I always try to seek out a cyclist. Michael is a Cat One racer. I live in Naples, Florida. Um, but uh, he is a two-time NorCal champion um, on the road and then uh, Wisconsin Pursuit Champ as well. So Michael's got an extensive um, background in performing at a very high level. Um, so he's going to walk us through some tools today that we can kind of explore as men and put into action immediately or even as we're watching this video to kind of help you perform better and, and, and help your life overall. Um, Michael, you are also a uh, ride lead in the uh, NorCal Nike League as well from 2011 to 2016. So I think that's a really cool bit of information for, you know, a lot of the people who tune into our show. Um, and that was right around when Kate Courtney um, was excelling and uh, now a world champion. So um, pretty cool uh, background you have there. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um Actually, just a quick correction. I was only NorCal champion one year. Otherwise, that would have been ah, way, way okay. <laughs> a pretty competitive district, and that was that was a while ago. So uh, some good memories or and bad memories from that very hard race. But uh, happy to be here, Adam. Um, you know, checking out your show. It's a great show. and happy to uh, contribute today. Yeah, and I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I've had um, brain injuries. Um, so we, we talked about that, and I, and I really think I missed um, talking about the mental side of it, which is a majority of my brain injury and what I deal with day to day. You know, I've probably dealt with depression and anxiety um, for at least the last 15 years, if not my entire life. That became amplified with my recent fracture, um, so now when things hit me like anxiety, I'll get tremors. Um, I get really physical reactions, you know, or if I start feeling depressed, um, it can keep me, you know, not able to get out of bed for a week. So, um, you know, thanks to my brain injury, these aren't just kind of, I think with a lot of people or a lot of men, um, you know, we feel these things and they're in the background and we're always kind of told we have to push through and we just have to deal with it. And often we don't have anybody to talk to. And even if you do talk to it, it's kind of talk to other people about it. I feel like it, it gets dismissed. So um, I came across your Instagram page. Uh, it's uh, Sealy Sports. If you're on Instagram or Sealy Counseling, Sealy C-E-E-L-Y. Uh, so look up Sealy Sports on Instagram. You have a ton of like three to seven minute videos on there. Just really short, quick hits um, that are, again, kind of that actionable advice. The kind of first one I came across and that I really loved was the power posture. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not doing a great job of it <laughs> right here because I'm trying to stay yeah, uh, properly yeah, on camera. Yeah. Um, but you talk about power posture and that's something I go to physical therapy every week. And that is essentially all we work on. And it helps eliminate my headaches. Um, it gives me more energy throughout the day. So I notice the effects of that. Um, do you want to kind of talk about what power posture is or how people would do that? Yeah, um, I think maybe a lot of your listeners, viewers have heard of power postures, power poses. It's kind of uh, kind of trendy. It's been trendy for the last maybe I don't know five years. 
Um, but it's kind of a way of uh, hacking into your mindset and mood through the body, kind of a reverse engineering thing. So um, how would you feel or like if you felt not depressed or if you felt not anxious, what would your posture look like? Right. So maybe even viewers, uh, if people are watching this, can enact a power pose or power posture right now and follow me along. If you're driving in your car, maybe maybe not. Maybe do it later. Rewatch this, but essentially, cars when the cars when I like remember it and notice it the most, and that's probably where I work on it. Oh, okay, so perhaps yeah. even even when you're driving, the idea yeah. basically is to enact a a posture, demonstrate how you would feel in your body if you felt not anxious, not depressed, or conversely, if you felt confident, happy, um, like no no problems, powerful. And typically for most people, your shoulders are back, you're, you're a little bit taller, your neck is straighter, and it's kind of this relaxed, confident, full, like your, your chest puffs out kind of naturally. So it's not an arrogant pose or anything like that. It's just your natural kind of default confidence, power, like offering your power to the world, if you will. Some people like that. And if you practice this on a regular basis, um, it becomes pretty natural. What you can do before, say, athletic competitions or really in any situation is if you notice yourself by default feeling a little bit nervous or, or anxious, and typically humans will kind of crouch like this. So it's kind of a primal thing. You're kind of protecting yourself. Um, what you do, that can even be your trigger. So say before a, a bicycle race, you're on the start line and you're feeling nervous and you're looking around and everyone else is kind of looking the same way as you. What you can do is go, oh, well, let me kind of hack into my, my mood right now and let me, you know, sit up a little straighter. And you can do it subtly so people don't notice, right? And you can just get into this. And what happens is you, um, it's, it's very hard to feel, say, weak or feel nervous or anxious or depressed if you're kind of faking your physiology, right? There's an incongruency and your brain is going, what are you doing right now? You're acting, you're looking confident, you're looking calm, relaxed, whatever it is for you. And it will actually start to change the mood. Now, if you hold this posture for beyond a minute, maybe even two minutes and even exaggerate it more, um, you mood changes even more. You may even laugh, like things will start shifting. So it's a really powerful hack to um, great athletic performance, also just in daily life for feeling better too, is when, again, the trigger is when you notice yourself slumping, right? That's when you go, oh, let me, let me just kind of hack in, right? And if you do that enough throughout the day, you start to really train yourself to, um, the whole key for, I think, uh, anxiety, depression, and this is really oversimplifying things. So this is a magical cure, but uh, it, if you catch it quickly, like, first of all, it's very human, very normal to feel anxious, very human, very normal to start feeling depressive symptoms. That means you're human, right? So first of all, nothing wrong with you. But the, the trick is what you can do is kind of nip it in the bud is when you notice that you start spiraling down in your thinking, feeling a little bit more depressed, if you, the earlier you catch that, right, the, the more you're going to start training yourself to not go, go further down. Same with anxiety. The, the quicker you can stop worrying about something and turn that around, um, the better. So it's, it's really retraining your brain. And so the, the posture is kind of like a Kickstarter for that. That's like the catalyst, right? So you, you wake up feeling 
really worried or depressed about something from the day before, and you notice that mood, you notice yourself slumping like this, you go, oh, right, right. You do a little bit of this, and it kind of nips it in the bud. So it's a powerful tool. It's not a cure-all. It's not a magic kind of thing, but it's, you know, put it on your tool belt, and it could be something that could be helpful for you. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, for me and, and dealing with my brain injury, that's, that it's literally the only thing I do is work on my posture. So we do like um, dead weight carries and essentially I just hold, you know, 20 pounds in my hands um, and I kind of pinch my shoulder blades together and kind of turn my hands out. And that kind of gets that, that kind of, you know, shoulders down and back. And then I kind of nod my head like this and then I let it kind of sit there you know, and I'll walk like 30 seconds like that and then do that multiple times. And that really does set up my day kind of like you said it. Yeah. It's kind of that reset that puts you throughout the day. I mean, I gained probably my physical therapist, who's also a mountain biker um, from the Pacific Northwest. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, he jokes that I've gained like an inch and a half in my height just by standing up straight and doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I noticed immediately and, you know, I, I talked to my daughter about it because like I felt goofy you know, before I'd walk into a store, as I'm driving around my car, I'm constantly, you know, doing this and kind of drop my shoulders, getting everything back, kind of head straight. And I just kind of reset to that. And then, you know, I kind of end up slumping back down. I don't think you want to like hold those things. Uh, but I was really concerned. It caused more anxiety because I was like, do people think like I'm being like snotty and like chin up in the air? And she was just like, people don't notice you're doing that, dad. So it's fine. Just do it. And, you know, people don't notice. And like I said, I do it a lot of times. I'll get out of the car. I'll be walking in the store. I reset myself. Get my Because for me, with my brain injury, it's a lot of stimulation when I go into like a Walmart or something along those lines yeah. and a lot of people. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, it's a very and I wear my headphones when I'm in there to kind of block noise down. So, you know, I have to do everything I can to get in there and not forget everything I, I originally mm -hmm. went for. So I think that's huge. And then, you know. I think it kind of touches into another video I saw of yours. Um, you you were talking about tuning a piano. Mm. Uh, my head automatically went to like derailleur adjustments, like cable yeah. stretching, and right. having to get back in there and tweak it. And then over time, you know, continuing to tighten that cable up and you got to have your limit screws there. So like all this kind of cool stuff. And, and I think power posture does that same thing. You don't have to stand up straight all day and make it a whole thing. I did have to do that for a few weeks to kind of retrain myself. Um, but now I just use those short resets. And then over time, you know, now when I get in my car, I notice my head hits my my headrest. It never used to do that. I don't yeah. have to consciously think about that anymore. Yeah. It's already happening because of that over time. Do you want to kind of get into a little bit about what that tune your piano is? Because I think that's a really super cool one we can think about when we ride every time. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, it's actually uh, I, I stole the concept uh, from uh, Tony Robbins, who's a, a lot of people probably heard of him. He's you know, a motivational speaker, and he talks about when you're starting a new habit. So whatever that is, a new maybe healthy habit, is that it takes a while to become kind of more automatic or to become the default. And so great analogy too with derailleur adjustments, as as you know. If you're running a bike shop, you tell the customer, bring the new bike back in for a yep. tune-up because the cables are going to stretch and you're going to have to readjust everything. So the same thing with habit form formation is it's like tuning a piano. So if you, if you have a piano and if you've had like a piano that's been sitting around, hasn't been tuned in a while, 
the, the piano wires are so long. They're really, really, really long. And you know this from say a derailleur cable. If you had a twice the length derailleur cable on your bicycle, you'd probably take twice the time to retune it because it's a really long stretch. Of any new habit, be it tweaking your posture or um, maybe changing your morning attitude, these things, it takes about two months to for that to become more of the new default, right? And even after that, there's a little, a couple more tweakings, but the two month period is kind of the sweet spot and it's gonna be messy and hard for the first two months. So I think it's important to tell people that because a lot of times people can blame themselves like, oh, I don't have enough willpower. I'm not strong enough. It's like, no, you have a wiring, not wiring, but basically neural pathways in your brain. It's a physiological thing. And you have to respect that, that we are, you know, spirits in a vessel. We are in a body and the body is, has mechanics, just like, like a bicycle, like a car, like a piano, like you, you can't will something just on willpower. You have to respect the process. So that's the, the whole metaphor behind the piano tuning is that multiple adjustments be persistent. And then finally, it'll be your new de default tuning. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I think it's important. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot about mental, cause I, I think guys who ride, you know, whether it's road bikes or, you know, specifically in my case with mountain bikers, we kind of like to disappear and get out in the woods. And there is a certain amount of initial effort that goes into, you know, if you're maybe somebody who's looking to get into the sport or looking for a new hobby, there's going to be that, that beginning process. That's going to be really difficult and you got to kind of lay that groundwork and then you continue to work on that over time. But, you know, I, I think for a lot of young men, they, they give up on things that are, that are difficult, maybe a little bit too early. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, just kind of enjoying that process of things. Cause one thing I've learned, you know, in, in my life, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more later on, but, you know, you can have expectations for yourself and, and, um, what, and set goals. Um, but you, you have to really enjoy the process of things and enjoy that working on your bicycle and enjoy that tuning of the derailleur because, you know, you may think like, okay, I'm going to get this dialed in and then my bike's going to be perfect. And then, you know, when it gets there, maybe it doesn't ride, it, you know, everything doesn't go as planned, you know, on a, on a mountain bike ride, you're going to get a flat, you're going to break a chain, something's going to go wrong. So enjoy those moments of adversity throughout the path, because no matter how great you think your goal is going to be when you accomplish it, it's never going to live up to what you thought it was going to be. So, you know, we, we've seen that, I think, with current events. Um, and I think it's something that men keep in mind not to, not to have to be perfect in achieving their goal and not to put too much on what that goal means. And the meaning can really more be found in, in how you go about things um, on the path to it. So, um, you know, you did kind of mention morning routines. I know I've been in therapy um, on and off, you know, most of my adult life. And one constant has always been um, eat healthy, so eat better, get good sleep and exercise. Um, and, and you talk a lot about um, morning routines and that. In your opinion, what's kind of the, from an athlete standpoint and from a performance standpoint, what are your suggestions for people on that? 
Well, again, you know, we are we are in a physical body, and we need to respect that. In that, you do have to you have to sleep, right? And we're. I hate this advice, by the way. I hate that. Like the one thing I need to do to be better all the time is just eat good and get sleep. It's like that's so easy. Why can I not do that? <laughs> it's the basics and the fundamentals that are the most important thing. Yeah. Right. I think it's a lot of people like to look for the latest hack or the latest trick. When it's and you ask people like, well, how how what's your sleep quality? Well, you know, it's kind of spotty, four hours one night, 12 hours the next. Like, well, no wonder why your mood is off because your brain chemistry is completely off from day to day. So it's really those basics, knowing that, um, you know, some people treat their cars better or their bicycles better than they treat their bodies, right? So the fundamentals, you have to get, uh, you know, probably between six and nine hours of sleep. And that's kind of a, like a window there for adults, right? It's different for teenagers, different for different ages, but find that that sweet spot. Because if you're starting your day already kind of low on energy, that uh, it creates a sort of cascade um, if you're not careful. You wake up a little grumpy, uh, your, your attitude is a little off, a little more negative, because you're feeling tired and then maybe you have some uh, overindulgent food or maybe too much coffee and you're sort of you're compensating. So it really starts with sleep. And actually it starts the night before. So you need to have, um, you know, need to, I'm not prescribing anything here. I'm suggesting um, that if you want to have better days, more consistency is you set a um, nighttime alarm. So I'm, like on my, on my cell phone, I have a nighttime and a morning alarm. So that at a specific hour, um, my phone alarm uh, goes off and it changes from color to black and white. So a lot of cell phones will have a feature where it'll turn your screen, everything to black and white so that you're sort of dissuaded from engaging on, on your apps. So you want to start the night before I have like a wind down time. So an hour before I go to sleep, I wind down. So that's the first part. And then that's how do you how do you wind down? What do you do to wind down? Yeah, so I I listen to some maybe like a podcast on on YouTube or something or some kind of a more more relaxing kind of maybe about meditation or something like that. Something that's not too engaging. That's one thing. That might be overstimulus for some people. So you need to find out what works for you as a winding down routine. Another thing I do, I'll turn off a lot of lights, right? Mm -hmm. I'll turn the dimmer switches down. Just really prepping for that bedtime, know, knowing that I'm just kind of on the downswing. So some people like listen to music, whatever that is, but you'll have uh, the cue that'll set, set you off is that alarm saying, oh, it's time to start getting ready. And it's hard at first, again, like any habit, you're going to resist it and you'll hit the snooze button on your evening alarm, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll want to watch, watch one more video, send one more email. Right. Um, but you can start to change. And it's really, you want to ask yourself, what kind of day do I want tomorrow? It's 9.30 p.m. or 10 p.m. or whatever it is. Like, what kind of day do I want tomorrow? Do I want it to be good? Okay, we're going to get my, get my butt to bed, right? Um, so that's where the, that morning routine starts, is the night before. And just reminding yourself that um, I'm a human. I need sleep. I need food. I need exercise. Those are the basics to keep things running. Because um, we, our brains are full of neurotransmitters and hormones, and like that's that's reality, right? 
that is reality. So you need to just accept that. And that's the basics. And you're going to have a better day if you have, if you respect the way your body works. Yeah. yeah and I think one thing I, I learned from, you know, just through meditation or like mindfulness was that you don't have to expect perfection in this stuff. So, you know, you can set that alarm and that's one thing I want to, I'm going to start doing tonight. Um, and I want to try moving with that forward. Um, you know, and, and automatically my head went to, well, I'm going to sit up for an hour and a half just laying in bed and I'm never, you know, going to actually pass out and my head's going to be racing, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, it's again, maybe kind of tuning that piano, but not, not expecting yourself to be able to hit it right away. And in meditation, you attempt to clear your mind. Mm -hmm. And I would say majority of the time it's not clear. And okay. you're kind of, you know, whether it's that or like I do float tanks a lot, um, you kind of get those small little short periods where you actually achieve that goal, what you were going for, whether it's meditation or stillness. Um, and then, you know, you build on those and you, you grow them and you get better at it over time. So, you know, I, that's a super cool thing about like your Instagram page. I love, um, is that it's just these short little hitters that you can easily try incorporating and maybe you don't do them every day. And, you know, maybe a video comes back around and you try it again. Um, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't let the pressure keep you from doing things. And, um, I think I, I heard you mention in, in one of your videos as I was preparing for this, and it's the same advice I, I give to my daughter. Um, and uh, it may have been Will Smith actually that gave this advice, but it was, it was about showing up, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's all you really have to do is just show up and put in effort. You don't have to be good at it. You don't have to have any skills beforehand. You don't have to achieve any results at the end. All you have to do is show up and give it a try. And, you know, eventually good things will come of that. So, you know, just keep showing up if, if you're trying to do something or even if you're not trying to do something, if you yeah. see other people doing stuff, maybe it's a good idea to start showing up yourself, you know? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll confess, um, I, it was hard for me to get to the gym this morning. I, I woke yeah. up. So, I, you know, I, I suggest all these great habits, but the, the preacher sometimes has a has sure. difficulty with it. And that's, that's also one good thing, I think, a message too, is that you can, you know, watch people's videos online and think they have their act together. They got it all figured out. It's like, no, I'll just admit right now, it's Monday morning. I was like, I think I cursed out loud when, I, when the alarm went off. <laughs> and it's like, I really don't want to go to the gym, but I, I went. And so to your point, I showed up, right? Mm -hmm. And once I got there, that was half the battle. Actually, that was like 100% of the battle. Right. Like I just got there. And I was still kind of grumpy the first 10 minutes in the gym. Um, so it's not like I had my act all together. It's like I, this This is part of the, the tuning process, right? Because I went probably, you know, decades with really bad habits. Um, and so, yeah, this morning was like kind of the old, the old, old me from like maybe 20 years ago or something. Yeah. I got my butt to the gym. I showed up. And then, then it just starts falling. So you, you can think about it this way. Like if you show up, you're starting to push the ball or get the tires rolling. Like you're, you're creating momentum. So what is your momentum creating um, behavior? So it could be, um, I'm going to text a friend and, you know, kind of boost my mood that way. I'm going to do something that's going to get, get the ball rolling. So yeah. So showing up, whatever that means for you, you know? Yeah. And I automatically thought about like uh, the kind of giving yourself small victories. And again, mm -hmm. 
this is something that I think every mountain biker goes through, you know, especially here in Missouri, we have a lot of, we've got some pretty technical uh, XC trial and we're getting more progressive stuff in, but it's a lot of technical climbing and the descents and technical climb and descent, a lot of ups and downs. So it's a lot of these small climbs and a common thing you're, you'll hear on a ride, like last, this is the last climb. It's never the last climb. There's always more to come, but yeah. it's these small victories. So like, you know, I'm, you know, I put myself in like your position and like, okay, I don't want to go to the gym. Okay. That, cause I'm thinking about, there's all these people there. Who knows? It's going to be busy, blah, 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 blah. I'm getting a late start. I'm already behind. And then, so you have to like break things down. And I had to do this recovering from my brain injury because it was just so much more difficult for me to do normal things. And that was really intimidating. It was a lot easier just to sit and do nothing. But, you know, like, you know, if you don't feel like going to the gym, step one, put your, your gym shoes on or get your bag together. Maybe you say, okay, I'm not going to go, but I'm going to always get dressed and pretend like I'm going to go. And then you, you know, and whether that's that kind of bleeds into like power posture, you know, kind of dressing for that job and just doing small little things. Maybe they lead to nothing. Um, maybe they motivate you to really get your day rolling. And then, you know, next victory is just showing up. And then the next victory is doing this. And we, do, we run into that a lot on the mountain bike trail. And, you know, I, I think I say this every podcast, like this is why I opened the shop. Um, but really why spreading mountain biking to more people in, in the Midwest here was important to me and why opening the shop was, um, is because I was dealing with a lot of depression when I kind of refound mountain biking and, you know, when you get to a tough climb and it's technical and maybe you don't make it and then you come back and you do it again, or maybe you get halfway up a climb, you want to give up because your legs are burning, but you push through anyways and it, none of it's fun and it, it just absolutely blows. And then you finally make it to the top and then, you know, you have zero breath in you, but you, you know, you let out a woohoo or whatever else. Yeah. So like, you know, I, 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 that's a really easy one. You're going to run into 10 times on every mountain bike ride you have. So if you ride mountain bikes, you're already ahead of the game because you're getting those small victories in, you know, and I, they talk about how cycling is good for mental health. I don't think they ever really go into why it's stuff like that. That is why cycling is so important, especially for men um, to, you know, set out and do that. And whether you fail a bunch of times, eventually you will make it other people, you'll be able to watch other people make it. Um, and sometimes you need to keep trying that same one over and over again, not getting it. And then another writer comes by and you watch him do it. You see his line. You're like, he made that look so easy. And then next thing you know, you follow him and you went right up and you're like, how did this happen? You know? Yeah. So there's so many lessons to be learned out there on the trail. And, you know, again, it's just a matter of showing up and getting out on the trail. I don't care what bike you have, how good you are at it, where your fitness is at, just getting out there is going to give you these small victories that are going to lead to, to, to bigger things. Um, I think that's really cool. And um, the other kind of topic I found interesting uh, that I thought maybe you could enlighten us a little bit more on, um, you talk about compartmentalizing. I know I do that a lot in my life. Um, I think that's a big thing for men, especially, you know, cyclists or people who are athletic or, you know, kind of driven in that way. I think we do a lot of that. Mm. um sometimes it's just the cost of bike parts we can compartmentalize that as something um and and disregard it but i thought that was a really cool topic that that would really kind of hit with everybody yeah yeah compartmentalizing um it's it, it can be used as a as a powerful tool like for benefit 
that can also be a detriment and it can lead to an kind of extreme form called denial, right? Um, so like bike parts. So I just spent, you know, um, way too much money on the set of wheels that I really shouldn't have, right? You can put that totally deny it, right? And that's like a bad form of compartmentalizing, a good form of compartmentalizing. So like it's, it's basically taking something that um, maybe a worry or a concern or something that's going to drain your energy and putting it in, in like a box or a compartment and putting it like on a shelf somewhere. And you're going to, the intention is that you're going to deal with it later, right? Now the trap is never dealing with it later, right? right. So I'll, I'll call it a skill. And for, for athletes, like an example would be maybe you have a big competition um, and you get an argument with a family member and you're really upset and you're like, Oh man, it's like day before a race or something like that. Or even like with a teammate, you got something, a uh, problem with a teammate or a coach that's really bothering you. It's a great skill to be able to compartmentalize and go, I'm okay right now. There's no emergency. Nothing's on fire. Um, it's okay to put this in a box, put it on a shelf, deal with it later. That's sort of adaptive compartmentalizing. And that's, that's a good skill to have. And you can... Um, you can have better performance that way. Now, the danger is I never deal with this. I put it, keep it in this box forever. And I start accumulating boxes behind me on the shelf. And there's so many boxes that start accumulating and eventually the shelf collapses and all the problems spill out on the floor. And now I've got a real mess, right? Uh, so again, it's a skill and it's also good to be aware of as a men, notoriously, women too, but men um, can be really good at, at denial. Um, I'm not depressed. I'm not anxious. Um, I'm fine, right? Uh, the, I don't have a drinking problem. Like the, these forms of sort of toughness, um, I, again, in the very, very short term are a strength, but if it's a, a habit where you're in denial, it's, it's really dangerous. Um, so having the, the courage, frankly, to reach out for help. Um, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily go to a therapist. If you could, that's great. There's a lot of, lot of help available out there, but it could be as simple as just sharing something with your teammate or with your coach or with a family member or a close friend. Like, hey man, I'm feeling like really bad. I feel depressed, whatever it is. Just that, that's like showing up, right? That's getting the ball rolling. Like you're starting to do something different. You're creating a new habit. Instead of keeping everything to yourself, um, you, can, you can share it in a healthy way. And what's interesting about that is you're not necessarily just helping yourself. You are um, setting an example for maybe that friend or teammate that you're talking to. Like, hey, it's okay to be you know, vulnerable, right? I'm, I'm doing air quotes here if you're hearing this on just audio only. Uh, but that is... There's something called disclosure reciprocity, okay. fancy psychological term. Whereas if you sort of confess something that's difficult to a friend, they're going to say, yeah, you know, when I was 20 years old, the same thing. And then you get this conversation going on where you're sharing this, you know, maybe supposedly shameful stuff, but it's much more empowering. It's like really all we're doing is problem solving and we're being honest about some hard stuff about being a human being. And it's difficult for men to do that. But once you start that sort of that culture, that conversation or that tone, it's people really like it. Like people, it becomes more of a norm. So I think that's um, it's a great thing to do. 
just step one, showing up by talking to somebody is, is, is a great thing to do. Yeah. And I, you know, I've always noticed that throughout my life is that, you know, we all kind of deal with the same problems, like no matter, you know, how alone you feel with certain things or certain issues you may be going through, um, chances are, you know, it's something that whoever else has also been through um, those same emotions and feelings. So, um, yeah, and it, it is so hard for men to do. There's such a stigma attached to it. And, you know, and often, you know, it, it, not to discourage people from talking to people, but, um, you know, I, when I was mountain biking before I opened the shop, if you told somebody in the Midwest, like, oh, yeah, I mountain bike, they're like, what does that mean? They had no idea what that was. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think at times people can kind of feel like that, or maybe you just don't have people in your life um, that can relate to you. Um, and that's where I think, you know, we're really lucky today to have online sources like this. Like, you know, I've been listening to podcasts for like 15 years. Um, I love like listening to like self-help audio books, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. I always want to learn from people who are where I want to be or those successful. So now we have um, the availability, online tools that are available to us to kind of introduce us to things like your Instagram page and these short, just little videos that aren't like too overwhelming, um, that don't make you feel like, you know, I got a problem and they're, it's very positive stuff to get you moving forward. Um, and then online counseling is a really great thing for, for men to look at. Again, it's less of a commitment of having to walk into an office and, you know, whether you worry about somebody seeing you, whether you worry about taking the time, um, you know, there, there is ways to do that. And I, I hope guys do it. And I think that, that, that sets it's up really well to translate, um, into the more kind of current event situation. I, you know, maybe we're, we're a couple of weeks past the 2022 Oscars. Um, I, this is kind of the, Will Smith um, uh, absolutely lost his mind at probably the biggest moment of his life, something that he's built his career. I mean, Will Smith has uh, tried to create this image, a squeaky clean image, and, and he is a great person. And, you know, I've followed him. You know, I've grown up watching him on TV. I've followed his Instagram for the last few years. He's got a lot of really good messages. It absolutely shocked me to see him get up there, slap Chris Rock in the face and lose his composure at such a high moment. Um, so, you know, I was, it, it was pretty unbelievable, but I thought I was kind of excited when I seen it too. Cause I was like, this is the first time we're seeing somebody at that high of a level lose, lose it. At a, it there is so many reasons he shouldn't have done that. And Will Smith is a smart, introspective man the fact that he did lose it in that moment and was willing to just sacrifice his entire life's work over something pretty nonsense. You know, it, it, there was really no reason for that. I think sets a good example and, and kind of gave us an opportunity to start talking about this for guys. Cause if it can happen to Will Smith, who's, you know, uh, probably the most popular actor in history. I don't know if there's any other actor that's as well known as Will Smith. He's a Grammy award winning artist. He's, you know, just team, everybody loves him as a super nice guy. And to see this guy who has that image and is that person go up there and do that, I think is an eye opener to men to say like, Hey guys, like it doesn't matter how handsome and rich and successful you are. 
if you let things, if you don't set yourself up for success and you sacrifice your mental health and doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing in order to accomplish a goal, yeah. it doesn't matter what you 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 accomplish. It, it, it just, I don't know. It, it's really hard. And I know you've got some thoughts as far as like self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you kind of see in that Will Smith situation? Did it shock you? Were you surprised at all or? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a Will Smith fan. Like he has this great video called fail forward. You can search for that. Um, yep. yeah, I was definitely, it was pretty shocking. You know, first people were talking, is it staged? Like maybe, and maybe it is staged. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, I kind of doubt it just because it was so detrimental to, you know, his career. Um, and it remains to be seen if it is super detrimental or not. But one of the theories after the initial shock, for me was um, the theory that it's called you know, a form of self-sabotage. And you think about it, it's kind of like, um, we were talking about compartmentalizing. So he has marital problems, right? Um, stuff that he's been going through. If that is something that's uh, locked in a box somewhere not being dealt with, that, you know, we talked about the metaphor of the stacking up stuff in your bookcase and it topples over. So if you're coming into a high stress event with compartmentalized issues, that high stress event is going to destabilize some of those things on the back burner or whatever, right? So he's kind of, it's almost like a perfect storm that evening. So I think the, one of the lessons is being really cognizant of if you're in a high stressful life event. So I, I call it self-sabotage because there is something that um, Denzel Washington told him during after he hit Chris Rock, he said, um, he said, the devil comes for you at your highest moments. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to get religious on people here or anything like that. I don't know what his, you know, Will Smith's personal beliefs are. But for me, I took that as like a metaphor in that um, if you are leveling up, if you are doing something, if you're about to get to a new level. So he's he had never won an Oscar before. So what does that mean? That is the unknown. That's uncertainty. Um, and humans, by default, don't like change. Once they get at a level of functioning, even if it's a dysfunction, if it's a, if you're basically surviving, doing okay, humans generally want to keep it at that level. So any kind of a change is we're resistant to it. So my theory is that perhaps he was thinking about what does this Oscar mean? Um, do I have to start acting differently now because I'm an Oscar winning actor? Will I be, will there be pressure to get another one? Will this um, take away time from my family? Uh, what does this mean? Do I have to be a better actor now because I have an academy? You know, I don't know what's going through his head, but there, there's something called self-sabotage where, where people who are getting to a, a higher level, better situation will secretly do things to keep them from advancing. And for athletes, this can show up as maybe they are going to a national championship or some big event and they're actually in the running for it. It's a lot of stress. And sometimes you'll see an athlete kind of behave strangely. Like they'll show up late for the event. They'll forget their, their equipment. Like you, what, you didn't bring your shoes. What do you mean? It's the national championships, right? And people can chalk it up to just nerves, but um, there's some self-conscious processes going on. And these are self-protective processes to prevent change because humans don't like change. It's on a primal level, it's, it signals as danger. 
what do you mean you're doing what is you're going to add uh you're going to totally change your life by you know uh winning an academy award what whoa things are pretty good right now dude like don't 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 upset the apple cart right so that there can be these sneaky behaviors that come in and if you self-sabotage then at least you're going to stay at your same level you, you have predictability in your life so i think it some of that was going on for him, I suspect. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think that can be a lesson for a lot of us here in that if you are, uh, it happens before marriages, it happens before a lot of big events, people get you know cold feet yeah. um, before big exams. Um, so realizing that uh, before big events, you got to be careful. You got to get enough, enough sleep, enough uh, food, talk to people about your fears um, and get just really centered and calm before these events and, and understand that the self-sabotage process doesn't mean you're, you hate yourself or anything like that. It's just part of being human is that uh, we're afraid of change on a very primal level. And we, we want to make sure that we're safe. So anyway, that's some, some sort of musings I had on it. I, I hope that um, things get back to normal for Will Smith and Chris Rock. Um, but yeah, it was shocking to see it. And um, a lot of lessons there, takeaways, hopefully positive takeaways for a lot of people in the long run. Yeah. So I heard you say, all, all I got out of that was uh, eat good and get good sleep to prevent this <laughs> ramping. No, but I mean, and, you know, I'm not uh, a, a high level. I've never competed in athletics at a high level. Um, and, you know, Will Smith's obviously not a high level athlete, but he is a high level performer. Yeah. Um, and a lot, a lot of work has gone into kind of leading up to that moment for him and he's won awards. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind too. Like people can have successes and you don't know what that, that kind of final thing is. And it doesn't have to be a life goal thing, like an Oscar. Um, you know, I dealt with the same thing, um, with getting my bike park built, um, and, and kind of the emotions that come along with that prior and post. Um, and I think with athletes, too, on that self-sabotage thing, and we can think about this as like you're training for a race, you know, you you spend the months prior dedicated to that. You sacrifice everything else to make sure that, you know, you're not going out with friends. You're not doing this, that you're getting your good sleep. You're eating properly. You're not going out and drinking. You're you're living your life very precisely to make sure that when your event comes up in three months, that you're going to be ready to perform at your best and give yourself the best opportunity to get on a podium. And, you know, you, you, you put so much work into it and you put so much dedication and you sacrifice everything for that moment. Um, and then, yeah, whether it's before you start competing, you blow it. And that's essentially what Will Smith did. You know, he knew he was, he was primed to win this Oscar. It's something that I think over the last four or five years, he has really been pushing and I think that's why we saw him kind of pick up on social media um, is he was really pushing to get that Oscar nod because with the Oscars, um, from what I've learned, it's a very political type of thing. It's not always just what the best film is or whatever it may be. So I think he's really been working hard towards that as his single goal, because once you win Grammys and once you put out all these great movies, it's like, okay, well, what's my next achievement? Um, and, and with me in my park, it was the same thing. It's like, okay, I put you know, years into this, this is my greatest moment. Mm -hmm. And then now what? And then yeah. what happens? And even before you get there, and even before Will Smith got, he didn't even win yet. Like, and that's the, the thing guys got to watch out for is like, 
we sacrifice and we put everything to the side, we compartmentalize all that stuff so we can get to our goal and that we can succeed. You know, and most of the time it's against people telling us we can't or this isn't going to work or that's not going to happen or the doctor telling you your leg's not going to hold up, whatever it may be. So we fight through all that. We really have something to prove at the end of this is why I put this time in. This is why I dedicated myself to this. And then before you, the moment even gets there, you act like Will Smith. And Will Smith knows better. You know, he's uh, he is very anti-violence. I never would have assumed he was a violent man. And all that led up to that moment of him just completely blowing it. And then his apology, the first time I heard it, I did not, it didn't sit super well with me. Um, I've gone back and listened to it since with a little bit more of an open mind and not quite as angry at him for doing that in front of everybody. Um, and it, it, it made more sense to me. And immediately when I listened to it the first time, um, that, that warning which I thought was amazing. Uh, be careful or at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. And, you know, I look at that as like selling your soul for the devil and kind of that, that whole thing of that process of getting there, you have mm -hmm. to give up and sacrifice so much, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's when the devil's going to say, Hey, I'm coming for mine now. Like I gave you this, you got there. That's what you said you wanted, you know, and then now I'm taking it or, um, you know, I, and thinking of that, I kind of thought about a wildfire and being somebody who, you know, I put everything on hold um, in order to dedicate to the shop, to get the park built. Um, all this is was in work of that. And the ultimate goal was I knew if I could build a skills park here, um, I, then it would grow the sport and then other areas and small towns could come and see it and then do it in their own area and the sport would grow exponentially. I followed a very specific path for that to happen. So I look at it like as like a rainforest and how I like planted all these trees everywhere and I got everything to work together. And it was this ecosystem that worked perfectly and it was all planned and everything, all the pieces came together and it all worked great. Um, and then it accomplished its goal. We have a vibrant, healthy bike community here now that's growing and thriving. Um, but then every once in a while that rainforest in order to survive and, and I think this, and, and taking away from the bike community, but more going towards men personally, when you work hard for something and when you sacrifice so much and you put all these pieces in play and everything comes together, I know for me, it almost felt like it all has to burn for me to start over. And, and you know, I, I it, you know, maybe it's not really that dark of it, but it's almost like, okay, I put everything into this this is done. I've done my part. Now, it, now let's return all, all this work back to the soil. And then, you know, it takes time to kind of, you know, and I, I think this is for men who maybe achieve life goals or like you hit that big victory in your life and you don't know what to do past that. I didn't know anybody who had ever achieved a life goal. I didn't know anybody who got a park built. I didn't know. I don't know anybody who owns a retail store. So you know, I never had those examples. I had, I didn't have anybody to warn me of like, Hey, after this happens, you're going to feel empty. You're not going to know what to do. You're going to, you're going to want to burn everything to the ground because you want to put it behind you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's essentially what I did. And then, you know, now I kind of, you know, I'm about two years past that. I've had some injuries since that have helped me along my journey. And now I'm kind of at that place. I've got the bare ground there. It's nutrient rich. I've learned a lot. I've got everything I need and, you know, what grows out of that, I don't really know. But, you know, I think I say that to say, you know, 
be careful not to do that, you know, and put those, do those steps in the beginning. I sacrificed everything. I didn't really self care the way I should have throughout that process. If I would have done that, I could have avoided maybe a lot of pain and heartache. But even if you also do that and you have to go through that, know you have that, that, that nutrient rich or that dense soil that you've got those lessons learned and you can then, you know, start over and pick back up and take those small steps towards, you know, figuring out what your next, I have no idea what my next goal is. It'll come to me at some point, I'm sure. Um, but I know that I've got the tools and I've got the, the foundation um, to do whatever I want to do from this point forward. So, and I think Will Smith will do the same. And I, his responses right afterwards were really terrible. I think slowly over this week, the last two weeks, he's kind of molded and realized his position. And I think over the next few weeks, we'll see him come out and start talking about it and start talking about men's health and what happened to him and the toxic relationships that kind of he's had to put a big smile on and just kind of take on the chin in order to, you know, he's going for this Oscar. He's got all his stuff going at home. He's got to pretend everything's cool and all right, because, you know, if you got a bunch of problems, you're not going to nominate you for the Oscar. So I think a lot went on. I'm excited to see what Will does moving forward. Uh, I think, like I said, it's a huge opportunity for men to learn from him. Um, he is a great storyteller, and um, I hope he he uses this as positive, not just dismiss it, it dismiss it completely off of him defending somebody um, over a joke, which is you should not do. Yeah, yeah. that was a bit much. Sorry, Mike. No, no, no. <laughs> I you know take, taking everything in that you said there. What one thing that's going on in my mind was thinking about you mentioned this earlier the growth process. Right, so there can be this um, this idea that you once you arrive, right, you achieve your goal, you built you built your skills park, or you open your shop, or whatever. Okay, what's next? Right, like I've, I've hit the pinnacle. It's like, or you win an Oscar. Like this is it, this is the biggest moment of my life. It's like no, uh, there's a big deal. But can you, as an athlete, as a person, any just commit to the growth process? This could apply in all kinds of venues: sports, marriage, relationships, like personal journey what's the growth process can i embrace that and like yeah i'm committed to growth i'm, I'm curious about what happens after i open up my bike park open up my bike shop after i win my oscar i'm curious what's next because this is on the road like commit to being on the road and traveling the, like the growth road like okay i don't know what's around the next corner i don't know what's over the next overpass or whatever but i'm committed to the journey right and i think that's where um, we need to have just faith in that process because if you commit to that growth process, there's, you know, using the metaphor of the forest, there's years when like trees don't grow as much. There's not enough rain, right? These kinds of things, but it, trees are committed to growth, right? Pretty much yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they like to grow. <laughs> Humans also like to grow. We really do. We really like to grow. And I think the, the thing to embrace is the process. Right. It is a process and there's back steps and there's there's all this stuff. But if you wake up every day saying, yeah, I'm committed to the growth process, let's, let's do it. Let's do the right things today. Let's do the right things tomorrow and we'll see what happens. Like I might meet new people there. I could be on a podcast that I never, never even knew existed. Right. Like all kinds of great stuff can happen if you take these risks, commit to growth and understand that we are all human and that if you're experiencing anxiety, depression, uh, anger management, uh, alcoholism, all these things, 
chances are that, well, not chances are, all people experience these. You're human. Welcome to the human race, right? Uh, we're all in it together and let's grow together. So there you go. Yeah, Mike. I think that's awesome. I think it's a really great way for us to kind of wrap up our conversation today. I think a great first step for people um, is to go on Instagram, follow at Sealy Sports, C-E-E-L-Y Sports. Um, you're going to get those little tips to help you get going on those small things to keep you rolling. And I think just to kind of tie everything together from our our, our whole conversation and, and what I hope people walk away from, uh, it's kind of funny how everything kind of tied through, you know, and even just looking at Will Smith instead of ourselves, um, you know, start with power posture. Make sure you're ready to 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 take on whatever you've got in front of you. Uh, tune your piano, you know, keep working at things, you know, maintain your body, get sleep, eat well, you know, maintain your health, you know, uh, you know, with compartmentalized, deal with your issues as you can. Um, you know, be aware of, of what you're good at and then take those small victories um, and just be aware of what can happen. Talk to people, whether it's going online um, and, and finding an online counselor that works for you. Um, or again, I think the easiest step for people and why I was so excited to have you on. Um, I really like your videos. I think it's really great that you put out content like that. And it's a super easy way for guys to not have to commit to anything and get and start working on that path because eventually what's going to happen they're going to watch 10 of your videos they're going to start doing some of this stuff it's going to work for them like holy smokes that works so well maybe i need to take the next step and go and actually talk to somebody and and schedule an appointment with the counselor so um you know really important i hope guys out there take care of themselves you know keep mountain biking that's going to be good for your health and then try to get good sleep and health and avoid toxic relationships with people because it's going to you know, if you you can build your life and work towards a goal and put everything into it. And if you don't have good people around you, um, it can ruin those moments when you finally get there. So enjoy the journey. Anything, any final words for everybody, Mike? No, it's a great summary. I think enjoy the journey. We are, uh, we're all human. And I, th I think really um, reach out to people, talk to people, err on the side of sharing Um Lean on your teammates, your friends. Uh, they want to hear from you. Think about it this way. If you had a friend who is not doing well, call you up. Say, hey, hey, man, I really need to talk. Would you say, yeah, you're kind of negative. I don't really want to deal with you. Right? Yeah. You probably wouldn't say that. So for anyone out there who's going through a hard time, reach out to somebody because people want to be helpful. It makes them feel good. So give them the opportunity to help you. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Guys, have a good week. Thank you.